0: This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports Podcast. I'm Scott Soschnick.
1: And I'm Michael Barr. This week, we will explore big money issues in the world of sports.
0: And we speak to some of the biggest players in the industry. Today, we sit down with Turner Sports President David Levy to talk about the changing business of sports broadcasting, the push to attract millennials, and the evolution of cable TV.
2: We, as our own company here at Turner, we don't even call ourselves in the television business anymore. We say we're in the content creation distribution data business.
1: We'll have that conversation coming up, but first, some of the top business news in the world of sports. It's not often we get sports headlines at the Supreme Court, but this week, the justices said they will look at the case for legalizing sports gambling in New Jersey. This is big because if the court agrees with the state of New Jersey, it means now that Nevada does not have a stranglehold when it comes to gambling. Well,
0: we know it's coming. That's what It it just seems inevitable. All the commissioners are now aligning and saying this is something we're now going to accept. It should be federally regulated. So it's odd now that this case would decide state-by-state rights when they're already saying it should be federally regulated. We've already seen one of the arguments the league has made, and all the lawyers I spoke to about this, and that's a lot of lawyers, Michael, the irreparable harm. They said this will do irreparable harm to the leagues. However, Two of those leagues have now placed teams, voluntarily placed teams in Las Vegas, striking down their claim of irreparable harm. So it's another case from the lawyer's standpoint. They're all telling me the leagues are prepping for this. There's billions of dollars that can be made from it. You know they want it to happen.
1: How will it cause irreparable harm? i i'm still unclear about that people are going to gamble people do it now you don't have to have to go to a casino or a racetrack you can just talk to your friend and you can bet a hundred dollars that so-and-so or whatever team is going to win the
0: game the easy argument the betting is already happening billions of dollars are being wagered on these sporting events on the black market The easier way to regulate these things and to understand if something fishy is going on is to shine some light. Let the transactions be regulated. Let them be followed. Let them be tracked. That way, any inconsistencies can get called into question.
1: Another story we're watching this week stems from comments made by Phil Knight, co-founder of Nike. He spoke to Bloomberg this week about the company's bet on Tiger Woods signing him to an endorsement deal two decades ago when Woods was just 20 years old. As for how that deal worked out for Nike, he says this is what happened.
2: It's a fairly simple equation. That We lost money for 20 years on on, on
1: equipment and balls, and we realized
2: next year wasn't going to be any
1: different. And that's when Nike decided to cut, bait, and exit the golf equipment category.
0: Yeah, even Tiger Woods. That's it. That's the takeaway from the interview. Even Tiger Woods. All those titles, all those magazine covers, all those fans like Michael Barr, not (laughs) enough to make you go out there and buy Nike golf clubs, Nike balls. It just didn't work. There's too many other brands. And it didn't work for Nike. It's just not what people think of when they think of.
1: Knight says that David Stern, the former NBA uh, commissioner, did them a favor when the Jordan shoes came out. Remember those? The red and black, red and black. shoes. Everybody.
0: Everybody. I was in junior high. Everybody yeah. wanted
1: them. And then the league says, "No, we're we're gonna no, we're not having that. You can't wear that on the court."
0: What's gonna make it cooler to kids than tell them you can't have it? That's not good for us. What's gonna make it cooler? <laughs> then they want it, right? Kids want what they can have.
1: But you know, this is an old argument. Remember, way back in the day, when we wanted some Chuck Taylor All Stars. Now we didn't know who the heck Chuck Taylor was. Just like kids today, I bet you they don't know exactly who Michael Jordan is. But we wanted some Chuck Taylor All-Stars, and boy, we raced out to get those Converse All-Stars, and it's the same thing here. I
0: can just see Michael Barr hitting the boards in Canvas Canvas Chucks. I love it.
1: High tops, baby. High tops. (laughs) And in the sports media news this week, there's word of two new streaming deals for soccer leagues. Well,
0: first is Facebook. Facebook is going to show the Champions League in a deal with Fox. Fox has bid for it. That's their rights. This one makes sense in that there's some inventory in the deal, which means games, that Fox doesn't have enough networks or channels to show it on. So they have another, they get another distribution stream with Facebook. It kind of enhances what they have. They have a very robust soccer audience on Facebook already. They showed Wayne Rooney's match last year, his charity match. They show the Mexican League now. Right. So this makes perfect sense. The second one is NBC sort of cutting up its EPL rights and there's it's a great property you see the English League with NBC but what they're doing is starting it over the top and we're gonna hear a lot about OTT in the coming years but what they're doing is taking games away from cable subscribers so I paid my money to get cable I had a whole host of games they're taking some of those games away from me to put it on this new service that they're gonna charge 50 bucks a month for this is a play for more revenue but angering cable subscribers. Let's see how that works out for them.
1: Oh, I bet you David Levy, who is the president of Turner Broadcasting, loves this deal, which is something that cable television has to deal with. Actually, television in general, they have to deal with something like this. They do,
0: but we'll see how it turns out. There's a lot, a lot of things coming with OTT.
1: And let's stick with that sports media theme as we turn to our guest this week, David Levy, the president of Turner Broadcasting.
0: David, I was looking around at some of the sporting news and sports lists around there, and you're on one of the lists for most influential in the world of sports, but you came in at number 17. You okay with that? I mean, what'd you do wrong?
2: I, I have no idea why I came in at 17, but you know what? You know, at least, in the t- at least I made the top 20.
0: Yeah, that's good, but let me tell you, seriously, number three, John Skipper, number 13, Fox's Eric Shanks, number 15, NBC's Mark Lazarus. All the articles I'm reading tell me television is dead. What am I missing here?
2: No, television is not dead. Listen, you know this is an evolving business, and actually it's an exciting time to be in this business, because I think people are consuming more content than they ever consumed before. It's just they're consuming on very different devices than they were before. And, you know, this is boiling down to the consumer experience, quality premium programming, and basically the best content is going to win, and fans. And that's what sports is. I mean, if we're talking about sports here, all those things I just mentioned. It's quality, premium programming. It's a built-in fan base, and you can consume it on any device you want. And, and that's, I think, while you know, that's why I think why sports is resonating so well in this in this environment.
1: And the bottom line is, the internet is changing sports TV and cable. It unfortunately, is feeling the heat.
2: Well, when you mean it's feeling the heat, I mean the internet. Listen, you know, social. You know, the two biggest things that are discussed on, on social platforms. Are uh, the entertainment business specifically television, but yes, you know, and movies and so forth, and sports. So I don't know if it's it's feeling the heat. I think the internet is actually expanding um, the opportunities.
0: David, when you talk about content, remember there was always the content creator versus content distributor debate, which was more important. I mean, nowadays we see people doing both, right? This this is a real change in paradigm.
2: Yeah, I mean, you are, um, you know, and you have to be in both. I mean, let's use Bleacher Report as is, is, is one of my, my, my examples here. I mean, you know, Bleacher Report was, you know, reporting news or, or, or aggregating content. Uh, it's now producing original programming. Um, it's got podcasts. It's doing uh, event marketing. Uh, it's a 360 environment for Bleacher Report these days. Uh, there's Bleacher Report content on TNT, um, on CNN. Um, so, you know, I think I think that the, the, the blending of whether you're distributing it or whether you're producing it is def- and listen, you know, I can't talk about it much but you know AT&T and the Time Warner deal is about, you know, data, it's about content, it's about building platforms and content together.
1: Craig Berry, uh, the head of content for Turner Sports, and he says that the e-league of all things <laughs> is teaching us so much about digital space. And for anybody who doesn't know the E League, they broadcast pro players of popular video games. But he says that is a big impact when it comes to T V and cable and sports.
2: It is. You know, E League is a league around esports, and I want to make sure people understand esports is kind of the sport itself, like football is the sport itself, and then there's the NFL Esports is sort of the sport, and then there's E-League, which is the league uh, of, you know, we we put together with our partners at IMG um, to form this league where we have professional teams come and play for prizes um, that are ranked teams around the world. Now, a majority of this content is consumed uh, online, digitally. Uh, Twitch was is, is one of the major ones that was purchased recently or a couple of years ago by Amazon for a billion dollars. Um, and so when we formed this E-League and we're learning about it, what, what Craig was saying was 90% of our content on a weekly basis isn't on television, it's on digital. Most of our content is consumed online and what we're finding out is certain games are more focused on U.S.-based impressions online. and. Other games are more international-focused. This is truly a global sport. And I use the word sport because it is a sport. And I think it's going to grow in leaps and bounds as it evolves.
0: We are chatting with David Levy, the president of Turner Sports. And, David, we talk about digital. It seems to me the in-arena, the in-stadium, and you said it's real because it's selling out things like Madison Square Garden. When you talk about scale, though, that's what the digital really enables you to do. You can capture a global audience to watch on Twitch. That's where the real money can be made, isn't it true?
2: I mean, depending on what you define real money, I mean, ultimately, yes, anything that's a global opportunity has opportunity to to drive incremental revenue on a bigger scale. The question is when it gets there. Right now, television is still the largest reach vehicle out there. And I would say a majority of the sports dollars today are still made in the television business. And I don't think the television business is going away. Uh, I think the television business is evolving. and, And in fact, we as our own company here at Turner, we don't even call ourselves in the television business anymore. We say we're in the content creation, distribution data business. Now think about that. We're not in the television business. We're in the content creation, distribution data business. And everything we do now is to make sure we understand and collect first party data we want to distribute our content across all these different platforms, and we want to develop the right content.
0: But for the content that you can create, you have to go out and get, which means you have to pay for it. And we're talking the NBA, Major League Baseball, NCAA Tournament, PGA, and the price keeps going up. They want more and more from you. Can you take me inside the negotiation from your side? They want more money. You're telling them I need what in return for those dollars?
2: It's a good question, and in fact, you should know that each of our properties today are profitable within the time frame of what the, the deal structures are, meaning whether it's a nine-year deal or a 14-year deal, whatever the case, within those deals, all of our sports deals are profitable. But what's going on in the mindset today, and I'll use the NCAA as an example, uh, since we just extended that one till 2032 and maybe by then I'll get out of top 17 and maybe get myself in the top 10.
0: No way, that'll be Amazon, Twitter, unless you leave. <laughs> unless, that, that was going to be a question later on, but that'll be Amazon, Twitter, Google, Apple. Yeah. Those are the top five right there.
2: Yeah, yeah. But anyhow, so, you know, I, I probably won't be here in 2032 and, 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 and seeing how this deal ends up going through, but the point of the matter is the way we designed that deal is that platforms that are not, e- that are not even in existence today are part of that deal. Every single opportunity around the content, around the NCAA tournament, is managed by ourselves and CBS. And, and I'll give you an example from the early deal we did back in 2010, and, and the same deal structure was in place. We didn't know that we would be monetizing Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram. There, there were not a, There were no business lines in my business models on those particular entities. And here we are today, on all of those different platforms and monetizing them as we speak. So, you know, it just shows you we don't have any idea. So you have to control rights across the board in a 360 way, and that's what we are asking for.
1: Remember years ago, the NFL used to be on Turner Sports. (laughs) Is Turner considering a possible bid for NFL games on TV, like around maybe 2022 or so?
2: One of the things we talk about here as a company is why we let the NFL leave our, our, our company when it did? And you know, is there a possibility to get it back? So let me start off again by saying, you know, if financially, if it doesn't make sense, we probably will not go after it. So we need to have the right deal structure in place. And I don't know what that deal structure is today, but there's other criteria that we look at as well. And that's the criteria of does it work for our fan base? Does it work for our advertisers? Does it work for our distributors? And does it fit our brands? And if you can check those boxes, then in fact, that's something you probably want to go after. And I'd say the NFL fills all of those boxes without me understanding what the financial structure may be.
1: Well, Turner used to air the Sunday night NFL games back in the 1990s. And now NBC has it on Sunday nights. And it's the number one primetime show for the network. Your thoughts about that?
2: You know, there's a huge fan base around sports, and the NFL is one of the biggest. It's biggest around for its fantasy. Uh, it's biggest because, honestly, it, it less is more. There's not a lot of NFL football games, and there's a popularity for the teams and what it means. It doesn't surprise me that NFL football on primetime uh, would be one of the top shows in television.
0: We are chatting with Turn to Sports President David Levy, and David, you mentioned social earlier. We saw Fox look to license some of its Champions League rights to Facebook. What kind of conversations are you having now with the big socials in terms of how they can amplify what you've already got?
2: Great question. Um, we've been dealing in the social space for quite some time with the NCAA tournament. We had uh, pregame shows that we developed with Twitter this year for the NCAA tournament. We have highlight pushouts on, on Snapchat, uh, uh, on Facebook, we're in conversations all the time with those platforms. You have to be. Um, Bleacher Report um, has got a whole social strategy, uh, and as far and, and, and is like the number one social content for sports uh, on most of these platforms is Bleacher, and not some of our competitors. So they've done a very good job in that. The conversations for the future, and this is what I think everybody's talking about, is will these platforms start bidding? for Sunday Night Football? Will they start bidding for Monday Night Football? Will they bid for an NBA package? I think that's going to be an interesting conversation, and I don't know short-term versus long-term. And what I mean by that is this. One of the most important things that all the leagues and commissioners have to think about is the next generation of fans. They want to make sure that they build that next generation, because otherwise the, the league may, may falter because of that.
0: Do you foresee being sort of the content rights holder, whether it be the NBA or FIFA, you, you name it, it doesn't matter what the game is, selling to the traditional TV, and then you license? Or are we going to see joint bids? Will it be Facebook in turn or Twitter in turn or making bids for major properties?
2: You know, one of the scariest things that I think boxing may have gone through was when they started to put all of their quality premium content uh, in a pay structure. Uh, I think they started losing a lot of their fan base. It was very profitable for them, but where is boxing today versus where it was? There are some other sports that I'm not going to mention, Um, that may think about, did they sell to their right distribution platform? They may have gotten more money, but are those sports today as healthy as they were when they were on larger cable networks or larger broadcast networks? You know, social is really amplifying and helping in the reach of growing sports ratings and growing audience. This fight coming up with Mayweather and and McGregor, there's going to be so much social conversation. There already has been. The pay-per-view is going to be terrific. The audience going to the event is going to be amazing. I don't know if the fight is going to be as good as what the conversation is going to be. And I think that has to do with where we are today, is that there's a lot of voices out there that can talk about a lot of content and a lot of information.
0: Give me a prediction, David. Does it do more money than Mayweather Pacquiao?
2: I would say yes, because it's bringing in a different fan base on top of just the boxing fan base.
0: Let me ask you about millennials because all the commissioners say the same thing. Team presidents are telling me, I don't know how to get millennials in. Turner seems to skew younger. How can you help the leagues? How do you cross promote? And we're getting into mobile because all they do is watch everything on their phones. What are you doing right and who's going to win that race for millennials?
2: You know, I think you're seeing that there is an age up overall uh, in broadcast television. I think, you know, cable has always been skewed younger. And then you have other. Uh, opportunities that we have in our in our portfolio like adult swim Uh, bleacher report just so you know reaches a third one-third of every millennial per month in reach and so we're constantly talking to the young male on bleacher report we're constantly talking to the young male on adult swim tbs also with millennials so with with all of our new content and, and so forth so we do have them in our portfolio and when we market Our NBA, or our NCAA, or our baseball—we are we are reaching that particular audience. And so, you know, we've worked with the leagues, and, and you know, one of the reasons why the NBA and Turner have had this longstanding partnership, and now we manage their digital business as well, is the fact that we do have these assets, and we do know how to reach the millennial audience.
0: I know you don't want to get specific as to your competitors, but I do want to ask about ESPN because the narrative that is out there right now is that they are losing so many subscribers that, let me use a basketball term, a Michael Ray Richardson, you know what I'm going to say? The ship be sinking? sinking. What's the correct narrative around ESPN, sports, networks, and the cable bundle right now?
2: First of all, uh, I would love to have the ESPN brand. It is a tremendous brand. It's associated with sports and long-term ESPN is going to be fine. I'm not, you know, worried about that. I don't understand their business model. You know, that's their own modeling of how they do it. Certainly they're losing subscribers, but just so you know, most of the industry is declining in subscribers, meaning there are cord cutters, there are cord shavers, there are cord nevers, but it's evolving. And so ESPN is going to evolve just like Turner's evolving. And and we're evolving by launching OTT products. We're evolving by going into social and figuring out new ways to monetize our content. We're thinking about event programming, um, which is off-channel. We're thinking about social capabilities. So, you know, it's getting a lot of attention because they were the big, bad, you know, high-priced cable network, but it's a very, very strong brand. They control a lot of rights. We just spent an enormous amount of time talking about how sports can be monetized on all these different platforms. And uh, I would say it's an evolution for them, and their business model will change, and we'll be talking the strength of the ESPN, I'm sure, for many years to come.
0: I do chuckle when everybody says OTT, like it's the new buzzword. I mean, the the NBA League Pass has been around for a long time. Thank
2: you for saying that because, you know, OTT has been around. and, And really, they throw the buzzword around. And I'd like to just define that a little bit for you guys and maybe for the listening audience. You know, OTT is broken down three different ways. One is. Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Those are all OTT products, SVOD products that are over the top. All right. Then there's Sling TV that has, you know, you can go buy your, your bundle. There's Sony Vi, you know, which you can go buy the bundle. Uh, YouTube has come out with a bundle. DirecTV Now has a, a, a bundle. And that's another OTT product, okay, that, that has our commercial loads in it. And, and that's a virtual MVPD. And then there's the other OTT, which is the league pass and extra innings for, for baseball um, and the hockey packages. And then there's another one, our direct-to-consumer products that we've come out with, like Filmstruck and Boomerang, which are, you know, one's a classic movie uh, type product and one's a animation product for kids with the Hanna-Barbera library and DC Comics and uh, and the uh, Looney Tunes library for Boomerang. So. They're all OTT products. And, you know, people kind of forget that they have all these different products, but they've, a lot of them have been out for years. And some of them are new. OTT just means over the top that you can come through the internet.
0: All right, David, thanks so much for taking some time. We do appreciate it. Thanks, guys. My takeaway, Michael David Levy has been doing this a long time, but you hear about millennials, you hear about mobile, social, People want it when they want it, how they want it. They're not going to be anchored to a couch anymore watching that 60, 70-inch screen TV. The dominant force right now. But don't you feel this tectonic shift that people are watching things? If you have kids, you know the phone or the tablet is everything. And people are trying to figure out, how do I capture fans, eyeballs, dollars, on the mobile devices.
1: I tell you, I forgot how long Turner Sports has been in existence. Back in the day, when you turned on to Turner Sports, all you could get was the Atlanta Braves game, because obviously they were based out of Atlanta. But remember too, they were also in the NASCAR for many, many years. They stopped in about 2000. But with the TBS network that they have. But there's so many things that they have. They Obviously, we talked about they had the NFL for a long time. And I just think the irony, as we mentioned earlier, that they had the Sunday night games for the NFL, and now NBC is just going to town.
0: It's always a mistake when you let the NFL go. That we've seen time and time again.
1: And finally, time for the stat of the week. We're talking numbers. Let me get my abacus. What are we talking about?
0: We are talking about the number 50,000, and that as in dollars. Who is paying Phil Jackson $50,000 a day not to work anymore? Come on, Michael, you know who it is. Oh, the
1: New York. James
0: Dolan, how you doing? I mean, I I always go back to David Stern when somebody asked him when they had that Sex abuse settlement case with Anuka Brown Saunders and Isaiah Thomas to talk about the Knicks on a business level, and his quote was just precious. Not a model of intelligent management, is what David Stern said. They are now paying Phil Jackson twenty plus million dollars on top of Larry Brown eighteen plus million dollars to no longer work for the franchise.
1: And you know who sort of won through all of this? Carmelo Anthony.
0: Well, Carmelo was still here and he didn't have to take a buyout any less money. It's up to Carmelo. If he wants to stay, he stays. I mean, this was Porzingis slash Melo against Phil. And once the Knicks decided that they weren't going to pay for Carmelo to go elsewhere and maybe
1: come back and beat them, that was it. Phil had to go. There was no other option. All right, that wraps up this edition of Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world. We are here each and every week at the same time exploring the world of money and sports. I'm Michael Barr.
0: And I'm Scott Soschnick. Thanks for joining us. Please tune in next week when we speak with Bob Bowman, the head of Major League Baseball Business and Media.